Starting off a great broadcast day. Get a hold of us online, JiggyJaguar.com, JiggyJaguar.us for our app. It's also available on iHeartRadio. We do each and every week the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Find us on AMFM247.com as well, and of course 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. And uh, great guests coming up in this broadcast, and uh, great regulars as well. But let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. How would you like to make some money? We've got our next guest patiently waiting on the phone. We are going to go to them right now. Warren Farrell is uh, joining us live. How are you, Warren? I am really well. It's the first time I've ever ever been referred to as a them. Uh, I try to be more than my normal self. <laughs> now, uh, Warren, get a l- give us a little bit on your background, my friend. Well, I um, in the uh, in this sort of male female sense uh, that the boy crisis is um, based on. Um, I started my work um, in the late late sixties um, when I was uh, involved with the board of directors of the National Organization for Women in New York City, and uh, was very much involved with uh, speaking all around the world. I suppose as what I was called at the time, the world leading male feminist, if you will, uh, a little bit like jumbo shrimp, maybe. Yes. Uh, but the um, uh, and then I began to have some uh, misgivings about certain aspects of feminism, particularly when um, I was um, when when feminists were being pressured to um, have um, women who were divorced um, be the ones who were able to say, "I want to take my child and move to another state and uh, leave the biological father behind and um, and start a new life with a new man." And I said, wait a minute, we're not asking a more important question, which is what's best for the child? And the feminist movement, half of them agreed with me, and they, but the, the dominant forces were that uh, we didn't wa- they didn't want to um, have their political base diluted because they had a lot more things to care about than custody issues only, and so they didn't want to have mothers who were now members saying that they, um, uh, that they were going to leave now because we wor- they weren't being supported to be the primary parent. And so I said, based on my early research back in the early 70s, uh, that this was um, that that the children seemed to do best with uh, an intact family and um, and the father. But we didn't have much longitudinal research at that time. So I kept doing the research with a real understanding that if I found that children did a lot better with fathers and intact families, that I would be uh, looked down upon and lose a lot of my speaking engagements. Uh, but in fact, the the the, the 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 data, the evidence was so clear uh, that children uh, do so much better, um, especially boys, uh, when they have um, a significant amount of father involvement. And it was coming, it was scientific data, it was crime data, it was poverty data, it was mental health data, and so on. It was just overwhelming to me and I said I, I just couldn't in good con- good conscience do what now wanted me to do uh, which was basically to say that um, if a mother wants to be the person who's in charge of the family after a divorce or if a mother wants to raise children on her own 
that would be just as good as it would be if they if the children were raised with both a mother and a father turns out not even to be as good for the woman um, but aside from that the real the real issue I felt uh, was that when a woman makes a free choice which I'm always happy to support women to do but when they make a free choice to have children they make a free choice at that moment um, to constantly make the child the child is the number one priority and his or her welfare is the number one priority we've got a, a great guest with us today now tell us about your book it is a, a fantastic read tell me all about it thank you um it is i first wanted to make sure that there was a boy crisis or checked out to see if there was so i looked at all the largest um co- the countries around the world that the united nations had investigated and found that um, six, the 63 largest developed nations, um, in all 63 of those nations, boys were falling behind girls in every single academic area. It used to be that girls were um, ahead of boys in many areas, but not ahead of boys in math and science. Now, um, and, and the biggest gap was in reading and writing, and reading and writing are the, the single biggest predictors of success. So I said to myself, what are, what's common to the 63 largest developed nations? And I checked out a number of variables. And what was most common was that as a nation develops, it feels it has the luxury to allow permission for divorce. Uh, the stability of the family is not as important as it was when survival was at stake. And so in these, um, so I looked at all these nations where there was permission for divorce. And then I found out that there was two things, both permission for divorce and also permission increasingly for women who were younger to have children uh, without being married. And in the United States at the present moment, 53% of women who are under 30 who have children have children without being married. And so I looked in those two groups of, um, uh, of, of um, family situations and found that there was, um, that, that among those two groups, there was a huge amount of boys and boys and girls who did not have a significant amount of father involvement or any father involvement, and a significant percentage of um, boys who were grow- and girls who are growing up in the um, uh, among mothers who are raising children without fathers. Um, they they some of them many of them didn't even know their fathers, and so I looked at that those groups of, of boys and girls and found out that they did. They were the ones that where the boys were far more likely to drop out of high school, were doing badly in, um, in almost all subjects, and, but they were also not motivated, and they were not, um, comp- even in sports, they were not doing well. If they, if they're, you know, whatever their passion was, um, part of the problem was they didn't seem to have a passion. And then I looked at the boys in, in divorce situation and girls in divorce situations. They were doing much better, I mean, much worse also if they didn't have fathers um, involved. Um, but I did notice a difference, which, which was that the, the girls it, without dads did worse, but the boys without dads did much worse. So even on a very hardcore scientific level of um, the, the telomeres, which are the parts of the, uh, every cell has telomeres. In, in that cell, um, cells constantly reproduce. And the telomeres in your cell hold the genes to prevent diseases um, like cancer or heart disease. And um, if your telomeres are shorter, that is your single biggest predictor of a shorter life expectancy. Well, by the age of nine, 
which is the, the, the year at which the prediction of a shorter telomere predicts a shorter life expectancy. At the age of nine, um, the, uh, the um, scientists were finding that the telomeres of boys and girls who didn't have father involvement were 14, already 14% shorter, predicting an approximately 14% shorter life expectancy. And the even more amazing phenomenon was that while there was 14% shorter telomeres for boys and girls on average, boys' telomeres were yet again 40% shorter than girls. And that was both a scientific sort of piece of data, but it was also a metaphor for the fact that children without dad involvement um, did much worse in almost every area. Um, but children without, uh, but boys without father involvement did do considerably worse than their sisters do. And so that set me off on finding out why that was the case, what do dads do that is different from what moms do, um, and you know, how can dads communicate what, what they're doing effectively with moms, how can mo dads and moms work out what I came to call checks and balance parenting, and, um, you know, and so it set me down on what, be what ultimately became the boy crisis. We've got a great guest with us today. Dr. Nick Delgado uh, is going to come up with us here in just a few moments. Uh, Dr. Warren Farrell with us today here in our broadcast. Now, uh, this this book, incredibly well written. Tell me a little bit about the writing process for the book. Well, that's really a, a very interesting question. The first interviewer that's asked me that. Uh, first of all, it was an 11-year process of researching and writing. Uh, secondly, it was um, I when I write... Um, I go over my stuff again and again. I send things out to experts. I send things out to parents, in this case parents, um, um, ministers, um, uh, priests, rabbis, um, just, and, and I send it out in my letter is, you know, you can tell me what's good, but also be sure to tell me what doesn't work for you even in any given sentence. And then in my 10, 11, 12 drafts um, of it, I try to make every single word, sentence um, something that's easy to read, that's a good contrast, that's almost like a soundbite, if you will. But then every single sentence that has a piece of information, I, um, I create the, a, an endnote and a link to it. So you'll probably see there's a, more than a thousand endnotes in the Boy Crisis book. Um, and then I make sure that those endnotes are checked out, so not only with what the newspaper said, um, but also what the original source said. So I really try to do, I write in a sense two books in one. One is a book for, the, um, for an eighth grade student, and another is, uh, that can be easily read, and another is a book um, for uh, somebody who's a scholar. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Now, talk to me a little bit about some of the reviews and criticisms and critiques you've gotten in the book so far. I've gotten very little in the way of um, criticisms of the book. I have had some, um, I'd say the biggest and a, a huge number of people, um, ministers, um, people, from, um, people who are child development specialists from Australia, from today, Poland, um, uh, almost all, all of Europe, um, and some of Asia um, saying that this is their experience in working with boys, this is their experience in working with their sons. Uh, by their experience, I mean um, this is their problem with um, ADHD, with addiction to video games, with addiction to porn, uh, with um, not being motivated, with um, talking um, sort of addiction to electronics. Um, this is the 
and, and sort of dealing with what the dynamics are that can solve those problems. I'm very big in the boy crisis. I really dedicated myself to solutions. So um, I look, for example, about I don't just say things like have a family dinner night. I sort of look at all the processes that are involved in preventing a family dinner night from morphing into a family dinner nightmare, if you will. And, um, and so I talk about how to keep electronics away from the table, uh, what can enforce that, and how to make sure that, th that the family dinner nights deal with controversial issues so your son does not get bored since boy boys don't like to be bored. Um, I talk a great deal about uh, the types of sports to get them involved with, the type of faith-based communities to look for, uh, what to look for, you know, to make sure that your priest minister or a rabbi, for example, is not just a, you know, a good male role model for your son, um, but also that they have, um, that they organize groups about your son's age so that your son can talk about issues and feelings and fears that he has uh, without worrying that he's isolated and the only one, which tends to lead to withdrawal and alienation and, and then addiction, and then at the in worst case scenario, suicide. And so that is... Um, that's a, a little uh, so the the, the 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 comments that I've gotten most that I've been most appreciative of have been from parents and teachers and um, the uh, cler uh, the clergy faith-based communities uh, that have been uh, very clear that this has been um, that that what I'm saying in the boy crisis is exactly the issues that they're dealing with and that they you know really appreciate the solutions part of it as well as just the um, the causes it's a fantastic